Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. The Beyond Sleep Training Podcast, a podcast dedicated to sharing real tales of how people have managed sleep in their family outside of sleep training culture because sleep looks different with a baby in the house. And because every family is different, there is no one-size-fits-all approach to take. I'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which this podcast is being recorded, the Kalkadoon people. I pay my respects to the elders of this nation and the many other nations our guests reside in from the past, present and emerging. We honour Australian Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people and the unique cultural and spiritual relationships to the land, water and seas, as well as their rich contributions to society, including the birthing and nurturing of children. And welcome back to the Beyond Sleep Training podcast. This week's guest is one of my favourite people on the internet. It is Kate Sillers, who you are most likely to know as Mrs Mombastic. She's funny and frank and I love her honesty and uh, she's been honestly one of my favourite people that I follow just for keeping me entertained but also just keeping it real. So thank you, Kate, for coming along. Oh, thank you for having me. Thank you. What an introduction. That's very cool. Thank you. (laughs) No, it's been awesome because sometimes it's like I know when I was first doing online stuff, it almost felt a little bit lonely being like, the person talking about, you know, parenting with the bed sharing and breastfeeding and things like that. There actually wasn't that many of us talking about our own personal experiences. So when you sprung up, it was just like, yay. And then when you were awesome, it was double yay. Yay. (laughs) It's been fantastic. (laughs) So what brought you to the online space, Kate? What in the first place? What brought about mm. Mrs. Mombastic? Mm. 
It's been quite a journey, really. It actually started out as a fitness blog. Um, and it was uh, me sharing videos of me working out with my daughter in a baby carrier <laughs> and using exercise as a form of, um, you know, to help with mental health, to help mothers with postnatal depression. That's how it started. And then it grew into something very, very different. <laughs> and and so when you when you first had your little girl, your first baby's a girl, isn't she? Yes, no, no, sorry. I'm uh, just se second second's a girl, first boy, second girl. First boy, second girl, sorry, getting it right for yeah. you. So when you were having your first baby, did you have any idea about how you were planning to parent, particularly around sleep at all? <laughs> I was very, very sure that he was going to be breastfed six months. That was, that would be it. Uh, he'd be in his own cot. I wasn't going to have him. I wasn't going to be wrapped around his little finger. Um, he wasn't going to control me. I was going to be the one in control. And, um, yeah, I, I had very different ideas to <laughs> the route I ended up going down. <laughs> So tell us, so when he arrived, was it like an instant shock or did oh. you have a bit of a, a honeymoon period with him? No, oh, actually, no, I did. So the first six weeks, he slept really well, but he didn't take to breastfeeding very easily. It was a real, real struggle. Um, and he would just cry all the time. He refused to latch. So the only way I could get him to latch on would be by rocking him to sleep, which would take hours sometimes. And then when he was asleep, he'd then latch on mm. um, and he'd be screaming. And I take him to the, I took him to the doctors. I can't even tell you how many times. And they're like, well, you know, he's putting on weight, everything's fine. So you're obviously doing something right. And I was exhausted. I um, was miserable. And um, I just remember thinking, well, there's something not quite right. And I took him to, and then, and then the not sleeping started. So the rocking all day then turned into rocking him all day and all night. So I'd be up at three o'clock in the morning, singing, rocking, getting him to back to sleep, letting him latch on. And I think eventually we got to about six months and my mother had been saying, go to your local Leche league, go to your local Leche league. And I kept saying, no, 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 I'm going to be fine. I'm going to be fine. I'm going to get him in his cot and he's going to be great. And it was there at the, eventually I listened to my mother and went to the Leche League and they showed me some different positions. And it was within a day, 24 hours, he was then latched on properly. I had a, a um, strong letdown. So I just needed to work out how to, you know, get him to feed using gravity so that, so I'd be lying on my back and, um, and he latched on beautifully. And, but then we started to think, okay, well, now he needs to be going into his own room. He needs to be in his own cot. And we started sleep training at that point. I attempted to sleep train at that point. And how did it actually go for you? It was awful. It was really awful. And I remember thinking, this just doesn't feel right. And um, it was actually my, my husband, well, my ex-husband now, but we were very much on the same page parenting wise. I was very lucky really with the people around me. Um, and he was very, very supportive. And he was the one that said, this doesn't feel right. Then what are we doing? Why are we doing this? And it was then that I said, okay, we'll bring him into, bring him into our bed. And 
then that you know flop a boob out and he'd latch on and everyone would see i actually had an extra me cot at that uh, we ended up he was the one who modified the cot took the sides off made it so it was the same height as the bed and pushed it into the uh, push it onto the bed and that's that's how we all ended up sleeping <laughs> and did you get some more sleep when you started bed sharing like that oh it was just it was um life altering just going from fighting it we were i was fighting everything all the time it was everything was a battle from you know and and we and then it was the same with everything with potty training with everything i just I, everything was a battle i was like no this you have to be potty trained no you have to wean like off the breast no you have to sleep in your own bed and it was only when i started going with it i was like oh they all get there eventually Don't and you started to find to your groove battle. we work together yes Exactly. Did I did start to find the groove, and um, yeah, and I think we put so much pressure on ourselves to meet milestones, to you know, thinking oh they need to be in their own bed, or oh they should have stopped breastfeeding by now, or they should be potty trained, or they should be eating more food. Why not just follow their lead and let them show us what they when they're ready to do it? Because they will, they'll do get there eventually. They really do. And so when you so you started the bed sharing at night and that was obviously going to give you a whole lot more rest, what was happening during the day at this stage? Yeah. Sorry? What? How was like day napping and things like that being handled at that stage? On me. <laughs> On me. <laughs> and how did you feel about it? Were you able to relax into it or was it something that you found challenging? I actually... I didn't mind it. I was okay. I um I know that some people do did find it hard. I actually found it much harder second time round having a baby that wanted to nap on me all the time because then I had a toddler that was destroying everything in the house and running around and taking out toys and the washing up would be piling up and it's it was definitely much harder second time round to relax with, with a and baby did that didn't want to go down. Did you find baby wearing was helpful for you at any stage? Yep, exactly that, baby wearing. That, that was what got me through. And I remember I'd be taking um, my son into preschool and I'd literally just have my daughter in a sling. She'd be feeding, my boob would be out, she'd be feeding. I had a scarf over her head so that people couldn't see. And I remember people would joke about the fact I mean, we'd even go to our local pub and have a bowl of chips. She'd still be in the sling scarf over. And people would joke that they didn't believe that I even had a baby. They'd just say, well, surely there's no, you know, we haven't even seen this child for like the first probably year of her life. <laughs> You're like, well, the, the, the feet are there <laughs> and she's, she's quiet because yeah, she's exactly. got boob going on. <laughs> Oh, no. That's and awesome. people would come over and go, oh, can I see? And they'd lift up the scarf and go, oh, uh -huh. oh, oh, oh. <laughs> yep. yep, there's a boob out there. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm so impressed you've managed to do the baby wearing the boob thing. I could literally, three kids and, you know, I can't imagine how many hours if you tallied up with babies either on the boob or baby wearing. And I never mastered the baby wearing boob. Yeah. So impressive, very impressive. <laughs> I, I, I had, I had massive boobs back then. 
There's, a, there's an ongoing joke. So I mean, they were maneuverable. I could literally move them into any, like they, I could have one literally in the center, like a cyclops, but with a boob in the middle. And the, uh, now, <laughs> the, um, I've been let, I, there's an ongoing joke in my family that the kids ate my boobs because there's a lot left now. <laughs> That's awesome. Five, five years of breastfeeding, they've pretty much left me with just flaps of skin now. Ah, <laughs> oh dear, the things that happen, hey? And so yeah. so with your very wakeful little fellow, once you were bed sharing with him, did you find like his um, amount of waking or time he spent awake varied um, much or did it, he stay very wakeful for long? Do you know what? I made a packed with myself because I was constantly counting how many times he woke up I'd speak to my friends when I go god he woke up six times last night I was forever keeping track of how many times he woke up and I got to a point I was like this isn't helping me so I just decided to I'd so I I don't really know if I'm honest I completely said I'm just going to go with it I'm not going to Oh, sorry, complain is probably the wrong thing to say because I know that we all need to have someone that we can complain to. But um, I just tried my hardest to not focus on it too much, I guess. And it didn't become such a big thing. I just tried to stay as asleep as possible, as calm as possible. I would never look on my phone. I made sure that nighttime was literally just for sleeping. And um, so I don't I don't know. <laughs> Well, it's just, that just sounds perfect in terms of sleep hygiene and it's such a, it is such a great mental yeah. strategy. I know that was massive game changer for me. Yeah. Like even I could still probably quantify how, like, you know, if it was a, a really crappy night or, or, you know, oh, yeah. a, yeah, a yeah, good yeah, one, yeah, but yeah. that was about the level of. If they were ill. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Or, or teething, you know, there were definitely yeah. patches that were very obvious, oh. but. But, yeah, it does. It makes a huge difference. I think it's a really important strategy to have up your sleeve to know that you don't actually have to count and keep track. You really can just not. No. And and, it, and I drive so, myself insane thinking, okay, why, why, what did he do last night? Why did he sleep so well? And then I try and replicate that exact yeah. sleep like you know whatever method and then he wouldn't sleep the next night like what the oh, yeah. fuck is going on so and you thought you cracked the code sorry i'm swearing <laughs> is that I'm sorry that's all right yeah. there's a little button i can turn on to say yeah. that there's like swear words in there so it's okay um yeah no sorry. That, it, but it's totally relatable for that when would you say like was it sort of well uh, like into his second year or when did, was it noticeable that he was starting to sleep a bit more independently even if he was still in with you so this is it threw a curveball because i felt pregnant <laughs> and when he was i don't think he was even two so i was still breastfeeding him when i was pregnant and my milk dried up which happens, it's common when you fall pregnant, your milk dries up, but they sometimes they then wean themselves or sometimes they carry on feeding and it's a very uncomfortable, horrible feeling. Um, and I experienced nursing version and things like that. because it's, it's a really not, not nice having a, a child feeding when you haven't got any milk, it's uncomfortable. And, um, but I knew that he needed it. So I continued and um, his sleep went absolutely. <laughs> 
absolutely mm. went downhill even further because I, he was probably getting frustrated, bless him, because I didn't have milk. He was probably sensing my anxiety. I was exhausted. It was hell. <laughs> it was absolute hell. And then when my daughter, daughter came along, it oh, I don't think I've ever felt that tired and exhausted. I was too tired to eat at mm. points. I was, it was, it was horrific. <laughs> and so when you, so you were breastfeeding both of them, like tandem once second yeah. baby got here. Mm. Yeah. Wow. So, so yeah. how would you oh. describe that experience? I have to be brutally honest here, but I really hated it. I really mm-hmm. hated it. Um, I found it hard, really tough. But my son ended up uh, weaning himself uh, probably about six months in. And then I had a wonderful breastfeeding relationship with my daughter, my second born. Um, but it was a sudden shock of having a newborn baby and then this massive toddler, suddenly his head seemed really big. And he was, um, there were jealousy issues, of course. So he, wanted to have more of my attention which is again why i carried on doing it but it wasn't um it was really hard work feeling very touched out and but, um, i think that's I really important i'm thinking like that oh yeah see i think thank you for sharing it because i feel like it's one of those things where it's like you have to people need to hear these full spectrum of stories and experiences when it comes to the different nursing experiences we all have yeah. And they're certainly not all roses and like there's certainly some things that, you know, in in hindsight you might have done differently, but at the time you obviously were doing the things that felt right for you and your babies, even if they were hard. Um, But, you know, it doesn't mean that it wasn't one of the hardest things or most unpleasant things by the sound of it that you've had to do as well. Do you think you would have done anything differently? No. Uh, Oh. That's a difficult one. I've, I'm going to say no. I don't think I would. I'm glad that everything happened as it did. I'm going to say something that I hope I don't live to regret because my mum will be listening and saying, yeah, I told you so, but I wish I'd listened to my mother more. <laughs> don't we all? <laughs> <I can't... laughs> because if I'd listened to her earlier on, she, she's always been like, um, she was a La Leche League leader for of 20 years or so she was really hardcore attachment parent gentle parent it all came much more naturally to her than it ever did to me and I think one of the reasons that I probably fought it so much was because of her in the background going no this is what you need to do you need to bring him into your bed yeah. no <laughs> wow so um, just me yeah. isn't that interesting so yeah. it's still it's almost like the um a little bit like rebellious spirit maybe as well, like trying to carve your own path, maybe, do you think? It's it's funny because when I started the blog, the amount of people that spoke to me and said, oh, you know, my parents won't support me and I've been criticised yeah. by my family and blah, blah, blah. I was always like, I've got the exact opposite. I've been so blessed. And even I've got, I'm from a full attachment parenting family. My grandparents were, my mother is, my um, brother and his wife are all, attachment parents breastfeeding till natural term baby wearing bed sharing so i'm in a very loving you know it's an e it's it's e it's come easy to, in a way because of it's come easy once you stop fighting it <laughs> 
once you start finding it exactly i was the one that fought it everyone else around me was like yeah it's cool it's cool and i was there like oh i'm gonna do routine, this differently <laughs> do you think it was still because you were probably a bit scared of what it would mean like did you did do you think that's what it was like you thought if you could have a cot sleeper and these kind of things you would somehow avoid making a rock my own back yeah <laughs> So like that whole yeah. that whole sleep training dependence culture mindset still got yep. you even though that wasn't oh. your actual Isn't yep. that interesting? Yeah, it still got me. It still got me and um uh I, I find I do find it all very interesting really because um my mother was also a very gentle parent and uh, she's a, a huge advocate for gentle parenting, attachment parenting. And I, I hear a lot of people talking about how they get very stressed um, and they have anxiety issues because they, they didn't have it. They came from very strict backgrounds and um, I have the same issues and I came from a very gentle parenting background. So whilst I think that they, she gave me wonderful foundations for those early years, you can't help what happens to you then along the way, what happens to you in your teenage years, the trauma that comes in, it's just, it's inevitable. So we can just do our best to give them the best foundations by you know, giving them those early attachments. And, uh, yeah, it's the things to fall back on, isn't it? Set them off into the big wide world to fall back on. And, I'm, and that's why I'm such a believer in, in all of it now is I think she gave me such good foundations in those early days. But, you know, I, wow, I, I feel remember like... the breastfeeding. Oh, really? Which so I when did you wean? I was like shocked by, I was four. Wow. And what are your memories of it? Yeah. Just the feeling of comfort. I don't remember the physical act, but I remember the feeling of comfort. I remember asking for it. I remember um, lying in bed with my mum. She, she held me to sleep until I was probably about eight, nine. And, um, and, the, and the sound of her heartbeat. And I remember matching my breathing to her breathing. Oh. and slowing my breathing down because her breath was always slow and gentle which is then a method that I used with getting my children to sleep particularly my son who's quite who is also quite anxious um and I used the same methods with him slowing down my breathing and it helped so much with getting him off to sleep because I had the same memories of, of doing that's incredible I feel like we need to get your mum on the podcast yeah. <laughs> I'd love to hear her story as well, especially if you're saying oh. it's like been a few generations of parenting in this way. Like it's kind of, we definitely haven't really had um, that kind of story to give a bit of the backdrop before. So thank you for sharing it. I, hopefully your mum doesn't mind oh, yeah. that we've um, been able to hear about it too, but it's pretty sweet. No, oh, she'll I was just, love it. She's so, she's she will? so proud. She's so proud of it. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I think she sounds fantastic. I'm going to have a chat to you when we get off air to see if we can catch her, I think. Cause, yeah. Because um, yeah. I do think that generational thing is really important because it had, adds that context too where it's like I think sometimes we feel like we're a bit um, carving new paths and things like that. But there's been trailblazing women for generations who've been trying to, or well, some people never went for it I'm sure in the in yeah. western society and it's perhaps it's even uh, more impressive that they managed to stay away from it although I know for us we have social media to contend with and whatnot so it's kind of yeah information comes at us in different ways now yeah well she was very much um 
whenever we were, went anywhere, if the, comp, if the topic of breastfeeding came up, she would get so aggressive. She'd be like, no, my children were breastfed till they were four. And I could never understand why she would take things so personally when people were like, oh, that's disgusting. Why would you do that? And I could never understand it. It's only now as a mother myself. I'm like, oh, okay. And yeah, now I get why you would get so upset about it. So. Yeah, she would have had to yeah. defend herself, and, and actually, I'm sure. When I was pregnant, she did. Yeah, she did. Uh, all the time having to defend herself. So I can understand why she gets so um, funny about it. But her, my, um, what do you call, I suppose, birth present from her after having my son was a, um, a copy of The Womanly Art of Breastfeeding, <laughs> which is a little Leche Lee book. And she'd Leche. written a beautiful little passage in there for me about how yeah and it was like a passing down like a ceremonious passing down onto the next generation oh i love that it's Mm. that kind of that's like the handing on of wisdom and i do like it sounds like she managed to as much as you said like she was definitely there behind you prompting you and whatnot it sounds like she did she keep that prompting relatively gentle like it sounds like you eventually kind of came to the conclusion that you needed to do these things yourself so it wasn't like foisted upon you no, no, it, she was very gentle with it all. And um, she, it's only now that she's like, well, if you just listen to me in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah, <so. laughs> yeah, we know, we know. Oh, okay, well, th- that is pretty cool. Now, I'm just wondering yeah. then, so with your little girl, so you said once your yeah. big guy had weaned uh, when she was about six months um your yeah. breastfeeding relationship improved did you how was her sleep tell us about what sleep looked like with her she sleeps that girl i have never known anyone sleep quite so well she literally she asked to go into her own bed she would she sleeps through even as a breastfeeding toddler baby she uh she'll sleep probably 6 30 till 7 30 every single night in her own bed and my son still gets up to sneak into bed with me now. It so just, just goes to show. Different. And with her, and I, I, I never bought it with her. I literally just followed her lead entirely. I just kept her in my bed. She never went to preschool or anything like that. Whereas my son was in childcare for six months. So I had to go back to work. And, and um, so I did all of the things that you're told that you should do. Uh, with regards to creating independence and blah, 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 with my son. And he's the one that's turned out to be more needy than my daughter, who was very much attached to me for the first year of her life. And then she, 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 gets, she actually gets upset if I go into bed with her. She's like, I don't want you in bed with me. I want the bed to myself. See you, Mum. <laughs> <laughs> oh, rough. How do you feel about that, Mum? She's, she's a firecracker. Quite emotional. Like, please, I bet please. you do. Yeah. Weren't you only my baby? Yeah. Oh, I love it. And that variation is just so true. And I hope pe- people listening along are hearing that because it's not the way that you are parenting that is making right. your child wake at all. Right. You're actually just responding to the child that you've got. And um, yeah. you, you just can't set up these kind of bad habits that people talk about. It's not what causes your child to wake. 
it is your best tool to just respond when they do so and get them back to sleep. So I think that's really important. Thank you very much for that, Kate. Mm. And I'm just looking at our time and we're getting close to the end of our episode. But before we finish things up, I love asking people if they would mind sharing a tip for the week. So something that you would like the listeners to, to take on board, perhaps, what would your tip be? Oh my goodness me. Um, with regards to sleeping or? Yeah, just sleep and managing things with your family. I think just take it as it comes. You know, you can plan and prep and worry until, I mean, I the amount of guilt I've felt over the years of, you know, fear of if I lose my temper, for example, with, um, with a child, if they're going crazy, I'd always then be so hard on myself about it. But I think you know, we're only human too. As we're being gentle with our children, we also have to be equally gentle with ourselves. And um, that's something I've always struggled with. I've always been quite hard on myself as a parent. And I think the more that you can just let it go and apologize, for example, if you lose your temper or if you do something that you think maybe you're a bit out of line and just uh, go easier on yourself, then the easier you are on yourself, actually it ends up being a domino effect and you end up being far easier on the children too. You don't have to put all that pressure on yourself. And that I think that's a really, yeah, I think that's really good advice because we are <laughs> like people can be so hard on themselves and I think that's the thing with this quest to be perfect. Yeah. There's no such thing as perfect. Yeah. And so it's, it, it's actually quite a gift and I think to give out kids that. people who... Yeah. But for the and kids to know that we're not perfect humans either. Who consider themselves gentle parents. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, I think I was just going to say, I think it's a big thing with gentle par- people who follow a gentle parenting, you know, way of um, doing things. They, they are, they're actually really quite hard on themselves because they feel like they're constantly trying to break generational, you know, uh, like the trauma that they experience as children, but they end up being so much harder on themselves. But I think I'm such a big advocate for being gentle on yourself as well as being gentle on the on the children. It's really important, it I, I think, too, because if we're showing our kids that, that you know the the things that our kids learn are from seeing and watching and mimicking. So if they're witnessing us being so incredibly hard on ourselves, we're basically passing that along to them as well so yeah. being being able to be a bit compassionate and gentle on ourselves and forgiving of ourselves it's a huge gift to give yeah. them as well to know that it's okay to mess up and say sorry yeah exactly yeah it's, it's a tool oh, that many adults don't actually possess so that's a good thing it's definitely a good thing <laughs> Absolutely. And, but I think even, even, even knowing those things, it's still that, like, it's almost like that then becomes the next thing that we pressure on ourselves to do better about. So, yeah, but yeah I, <laughs> we can always find something. Oh God. <laughs> anyway, I have really enjoyed talking to you for our episode today, Kate, and yeah. thank you so much for the work that you do online. Mrs. Mombastic's one of my favorite places, like I said me. at the start and um keep being you keep being honest and if people listening along don't yet follow you can we can find you on facebook and instagram is there anywhere else kate yeah no that's it i'm afraid (laughs) 
Perfect. No, I'll drop the links to both of those into our show notes so people can find you there. But thanks again for sharing your story and I'll have to chat with you about getting your mum on. (laughs) Thanks very much for listening, everybody. Oh, she'd love it. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you very much. Goodbye. Thank you. I really hope you enjoyed the podcast today. The information we discussed was just that, information only. It is not specific advice. If you take any action following something you've heard from our show today, it is important to make sure you get professional advice about your unique situation before you proceed, whether that advice be legal, financial, accounting, medical, or any other advice. Please reach out to me if you do have any questions or if there's a topic you'd really like us to be covering. And if you know somebody who'd really benefit from listening to our podcast, please be sure to pass our name along. Also check out our free peer support group, the Beyond Sleep Training Project and our wonderful website, www.littlesparklers.org. If you'd like even more from the show, you can join us as a patron on Patreon and you can find a link for that in our show notes. If listening is not really your jam, we also make sure we put full episode transcripts on our Little Sparklers website for you to also enjoy and fully captioned YouTube videos as well on our Little Sparklers channel. So thanks again for listening today. We really enjoy bringing this podcast to you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.